0: And a happy 4th of July Eve to all y'all. Hello, welcome into the show where we discuss all things Southern. This is what we call the Y'all Show on a Monday. Good to have you back here. And we're going to have a good time today. We're going to have such a good time today that we're going to work so hard that we're going to take Tuesday off as Tuesday is the national holiday for Independence Day. So happy 4th of July. Many of you actually not working Today, And that's just fine with us. We'll do the ones out here sweating away in the summertime heat just for you. But it's not that hard to do when you're talking about the South. It's more of a pleasure than a pain. And I'm John Rawl, happy to provide that pleasure for all y'all. Our website is y'all.com. It is the South's homepage. It's a simple four-letter word, one that you can tell everybody and not be ashamed of. Y-A-L-L.com. Y'all.com. It is the South's homepage. Go there now and you'll find the podcast edition of this show right there at y'all.com. And you'll also find many great articles, many of which are timely to the 4th of July and summertime in the South. So go there. And throughout the coming days, I'll be rolling out more of the stories that are posted there right now. So you can perhaps catch up on current stories posted at y'all.com. Got a busy Monday edition of y'all coming up. we got headlines from across the southeast, a tragedy in Baltimore from the weekend. We'll fill you in on that as part of our news headlines. Donald J. Trump got the Independence Weekend going in a big way as he found himself in the upstate of South Carolina as he was in Pickens on Saturday, had a humongous rally right in the downtown portion of Pickens, and that's in Pickens County, not far from Clemson, South Carolina. And we're going to actually talk about that in hour number three today. Boy, it's going to be hilarious. I'm going to play not only the audio of Lindsey Graham's appearance, which I'm going to squeeze that into hour one here in a few minutes. You're not going to believe the way that Lindsey Graham was received in his home county as he spoke before Donald Trump at the rally on Saturday. In fact, Lindsey Graham's already come out. And endorsed the Trump 2024 campaign, but he did not get the kind of hometown reception for himself in his home county. Oh, it's 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 classic, <laughs> and I'm gonna play that if I can if I can handle it. I'm gonna play that, and in hour three today, what I was teasing is is as bad as that was. I'm gonna let you hear from the governor of South Carolina for just a minute in hour three because Henry McMaster got up on stage and brought the laughs. And we've got a section of his his intro for Donald Trump there that we'll play as we continue on with this Monday edition. So we've got news headlines to get to. We've got sports information to pass along on today's Y'all Show. In our first hour, we'll let you all know about the two-time USFL champion Birmingham Stallions. Congratulations to the horses out of Beeham as they picked up their second straight world championship, winning the USFL championship in Canton, Ohio, and Skip Holtz, the former Louisiana Tech, former East Carolina head coach, and also a former longtime assistant with his dad at South Carolina when he was coaching there in the early 2000s. Skip Holtz capturing another title for Birmingham on Saturday. We'll let you know about that and other sports goings on in our sports update in this opening hour. Of the y'all show, it pays to go to church. At least for me, it is this week because I was sitting in church Sunday, actually paying attention. And my uh, guest pastor, because I'm the guest, I, I was visiting a church because I'm out of town. And the the pastor that I like a lot gave an incredible pastoral prayer prior to his to his sermon. And I went and talked to him after church about it, and he said that he lifted with permission, lifted a large portion of his sermon from a North Carolina based pastor, and it was a prayer for America on Independence Day. And I'm gonna let you hear this prayer originally done by Pastor Kevin DeYoung out of Matthews, North Carolina. He is the pastor of Christ Covenant Church, and that is a Presbyterian church in Matthew Matthews, North Carolina. I'm gonna let you let me give you this prayer for America on Independence Day that this pastor, who uh, I think is only in his early 40s, maybe 30s, has penned, and it's on the internet, and that's where my guest pastor told me he got it from. I guess pastors do that kind of stuff. They share lesson plans and, I guess, sermon plans, and uh, I'm going to, with permission from at least the one I went to yesterday, share that with you because it was pretty powerful. All that as part of our hashtag Huddleblue where we find Things not just on social media, but things that get sent to us, or me sitting right there on the back pew Sunday, this one got delivered to me. So thank you, Lord, for that guidance. All that coming up in our first hour of today's Y'all Show. Our second hour, we've got more headlines. Then we've got this week in Southern history. And it was this week in 1863, the Battle of Gettysburg happened in Pennsylvania. The North and South clashed. And that battle would turn the tide of the war for sure. If that wasn't enough to turn the tide at the exact same time in Vicksburg, Mississippi, that city on the Mississippi River fell, and the Gibraltar of the Confederacy was no more. And we'll discuss what this week, this 4th of July week, from a Civil War perspective means. All that is part of our Southern history, plus we also had a presidential assassination happen this week in Southern history. So we'll let you know about all that, plus... This is the birth week of one Alabama native Satchel Paige, one of the great baseball players of the 20th century. I'll let you know more, more about this hurler from Alabama who played in the Negro Leagues and then made some, some people pay attention to his perf- performance and talent when he got a chance in the major leagues. We'll let you know more about Satchel Paige in our Southern history here today. Also, in our second hour, we've got the Southern recipe of the day. And you know what? It is kind of a holiday. We're going to, thanks to tasteofhome.com, going to let you know about this article they've got up. Thir- perfect for Independence Day, by the way. Taste of com- Tasteofhome.com's got 35 recipes to make with farm stand fresh peaches. And I'm going to rattle them off. I won't have time to go through all the goodness of making them. But I'm going to tell you about the 35 recipes to make with farm stand fresh peaches. Perfect, perfect, perfect for the 4th of July. All that's coming up in our second hour today. And then later on in our final hour of today's y'all show, Megan Headwall is going to be back on. And she told me that when she comes in, she's got a pet peeve to talk about. I think she's got multiple pet peeves to talk about. So it will be a lot of fun when Megan drops by. We'll also, in our final hour... Go back in our headlines to that Lindsey Graham boo-fest that happened in Pickens, South Carolina this weekend and let Megan hear some of that. That that ought to be a lot of fun. And then I'll play that audio from just after Lindsey Graham was on stage. The crowd didn't boo the current governor of South Carolina, Henry Foghorn Leghorn Mc, McMaster there. And I'm going to let you hear his uh, his fun intro for Donald Trump. Although, he talks more about his wife, the First Lady of SC. Eh, We'll have all that in our final hour. Plus, we'll have more sports information passed along as well. If you want to get in touch with us here at the Y'all Show, it's pretty easy to do that. The way to do it is pick up your phone and send us a text. That text line, 615-208-4184. 615-208-4184. You can text us anytime You are in the mood because we have that text line available 24 hours, seven days a week. And we get text in at random times of the day and random times of the night. And you know what? We're happy to get them. And we are happy to reload those right here on the show. Because our show is just broadcast on awesome radio stations across the southeast. Thank you for our great affiliates. We are also available in podcast form. And so that's why we get random text at random times because people are listening to it throughout the day and throughout the night. All you working third shift overnight listening to the Y'all Show, I want to personally thank you. In fact, text me and tell me where you are, what town you're in, what what kind of job you got, and I'll call you out right here on the show. 615-208-4184. We might even have a little y'all something to pass along to you. 615-208-4184 is the way to reach us here at the text line cuz we've got lots of listeners and lots of followers. And we are sure appreciate it here at the Y'all Show. Let's dive into the news headlines here for this opening hour of Y'all. And we start out with stories from Baltimore. And unfortunately, it's not the best news as the 4th of July, the hot summer. Of course, we still are reeling from hot temperatures. Storms move through over the weekend. I got a text, I think it was Saturday, from a guy apologizing for not, not sending me something Friday, like he said he was, he lived in middle Tennessee and evidently middle Tennessee got slammed by some bad weather Friday. And he said he did not have power for nearly eight to 10 hours. And he was cleaning out his freezer Saturday because, well, he had spoiled food. So I I didn't even know we were going to have that kind of bad weather pass through the South Friday of last week, but evidently that sure did happen. And so a lot of you dealt with storms Sunday Maybe you've got some popping up throughout this 3rd of July. Be careful out there. Again, the heat is the big, big issue that most of us are dealing with, with already more than a dozen people credited, unfortunately, for their deaths due to the heat involving their deaths across the southeast. But the story Sunday was gunfire erupted at a block party in the largest city in the state of Maryland in Baltimore, And this block party, you saw two people killed, and it wounded 28 people. And a large crime scene to open up the holiday weekend from the city of Baltimore. The acting commissioner of Baltimore Police is Richard Worley, and he told reporters that there were a total of 30 victims when he held a press conference in the early morning hours of Sunday at this block party in the Brooklyn Homes area in South Baltimore. And again, just a, a unfortunate start to the holiday weekend with this shooting. An 18-year-old woman I know was dead at the scene, and a 20-year-old man pronounced dead at the hospital shortly after, but a, a deadly start to the weekend coming from the city of Baltimore. Also from Atlanta we go, and a headline coming from there about a, a rapper. I don't know if this guy's quite famous or not, but that's... Regardless whether his fame is great or not, he's making headlines out of the city of Atlanta. We took you first to the largest city in the state of Maryland, now to the largest city in the state of Georgia for a rapper named Young Thug, I think is his name. And I don't know where they come up with these names, but Young Thug, Jacoby Moody is this rapper, and he is now suspected in a fatal shooting. He's been arrested and charged with murder. Real name, Jacoby Moody, he's 20 years old, and he's signed to Young Thug's record label, I Apologize. Young Thug is a rapper that is more well-known, and this guy, Jacoby Moody, who goes by FN Da Dealer, now arrested and taken into custody and charged with felony murder and possession of a firearm for a commission of a felony that happened in a June 5th shooting in Atlanta. Mr. Moody is being held in the Fulton County Jail without bond. His mother told Atlanta TV station WSB that she believed it was a case of mistaken identity. She said the family was hiring an attorney and planned to make a statement later in the week. Back on June 5th, a 28-year-old man was found with multiple gunshot wounds in a car at an apartment complex. And this is the man, his death, now being traced to this guy, Mr. Moody, the trial for Young Thug and 13 others is expected to last six to nine months. So Young Thug also in trouble, maybe for the same case. It just gets confusing. And I, I want to take a moment here for our youngsters listening, our youngsters who like rap music. And I I am ignorantly telling you this because I've never heard of Young Thug and, and Dada, whatever this guy's stage name is. I cannot stand this current rap stuff. I never have been a fan of it. Maybe it's because of a generational thing. It could be a racial thing. But how could you like it? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Do a large portion of the lyrics and the and these rap songs, do they not promote gun violence and going after cops in a lot of cases and beating up women in a lot of cases? I may be stereotyping here. But I think I'm right. If I'm wrong, I apologize, but these rappers make music and like make millions and millions of dollars. S- not even singing. That's why rap's so terrible. It's not even it's not even music. It's just it's basically poetry. I'll give them credit for that. It's it's a style of entertainment that's more poetic than musical. But people are obsessed with this, and especially these young kids who listen to this junk And I'm telling you, it will probably lead in a lot of cases to violence because that's what they're talking about. They're, they're being glorified for shooting and possibly killing. And here we are telling you in headlines today about a guy who's got a record deal now being arrested for murder in Atlanta. And this is not the first time the guy in Memphis that got killed going to get donuts, no excuse and this has been going on for 30 years now i forgot the guy in la that got killed way back in the day i don't keep up with it I, I think it's it's not music in my opinion but people like it but when you 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 play with fire you get burnt by fire and so i'm sorry that's what this kind of entertainment yields is violence i'm a country guy i realize a large Number of country songs have to do with drinking, and, and guess what? We got a lot of alcoholics. We got people like Morgan Wallen that's alleged to have been, you know, dealing with alcohol abuse and things like that. And and we see other artists right now suspended from their label for doing things not necessarily alcohol related, but I'm talking about Jimmy Allen. I mean, country's not perfect either. Trust me, I know that. But this rap stuff. <laughs> It just doesn't make sense. I'm sorry. I'm ready for, I'm ready for rap to go the way of disco. Let's have a a rap album burning at center field like the Chicago White Sox did back in the day. We're ready to send this on, and honestly, it needs to happen. It, it's just pathetic that this thing, so many people listen to, I do believe indirectly causes deaths, causes violence. And it's time for it to come to an end. Now, we know at the end of last week, the U.S. Supreme Court was the big news item with cases like the affirmative action being rejected for college admissions. And then you also had some LGBTQ items that were, from a conservative standpoint, 6-3 on Friday. It was announced that the woman from Colorado who had a business could citing her religious beliefs, not take a a client in a a gay business or something like that, that, that case was involving. And there were other cases all falling in the conservative line of thinking from the end of last week from the Supreme Court. Remember, about a month ago, North Carolina, the governor there, Governor Cooper, had a veto on this upcoming law that was supposed to kick in about abortion and the 12-week abortion law that was scheduled. Of course, Cooper vetoed it, but because of a supermajority that North Carolina has, the Republicans won upped the governor. So this 12-week abortion law scheduled to begin July 1st, it went into effect because a judge ruled Friday that nearly all of North Carolina's revised 12-week abortion law can take effect. And that was a decision by U.S. District Judge Catherine Eagles, who set aside that rule that allows law's remaining provisions to begin on July 1st while litigation continues. So this was a big big win for, again, the conservative movement from a state level when this went into effect July 1st, Saturday, and the challenge in court was essentially thrown out by this U.S. District Judge, and the law, the new 12-week abortion law in North Carolina, went into effect. This is a story that is more of a sports story, but unfortunately, we saw a NASCAR race get canceled over the weekend after only a few laps because of flooding. They had a street race. NASCAR had its first Chicago street race, and... That was a disaster for NASCAR that this race ended up being canceled, and they did declare a winner. I'll tell you about that in the sports headlines. But unfortunately, a tragedy struck when an audio specialist out of Nashville, Dwayne Tobinsky, who owns Dwayne Tabensky Production Consulting, he was electrocuted while working on site there at the NASCAR race in Chicago, as he was setting up his sound systems in front of the Grand Strands and was electrocuted, this guy, Mr. Dubinsky, had worked in the Nashville area for more than 30 years and throughout music for the last three decades as he produced live events and worked with artists like Toby Keith, Bob Dylan, Katy Perry, and then ended up starting to work with NASCAR. And in setting up for this street race in Chicago, he was electrocuted and died at the age of 53, Dwayne Tobensky, Nashvilleian, dead in Chicago. Now, we also had, as I said, not just flooding in Chicago, we've had it in the south. We've had storms come through the area over the weekend. And the sad news here is not from a human standpoint, but in Coleman County, Alabama, over the weekend, a lightning strike at Damon Gardner's Farm in the Berlin community of Coleman County, and these cows, there were 31 cows that went and took They salt shelter under a tree. And a lightning bolt came and hit that tree. And 31 cattle died from one lightning strike. I mean, that's that's just terrible. The owner is going to give the animals a proper burial. The meat was not salvageable because of their electrocution there by the lightning bolt. But, uh, yeah, I, I've never seen what cows normally do in a, a lightning storm, but these cows all went and got under some kind of tree. The tree gets hit by lightning. And in uh, North Alabama in that community of Coleman, uh, in Berlin in Coleman County, Alabama, 31 cows killed when a lightning storm passed through that area. And in our last headline, and I'm going to play more of this in the upcoming hour of the Y'all Show, because this is just good humor, in my opinion. This is good humor. So Lindsey Graham is a native of Pickens County, South Carolina. And over the weekend, the county seat of Pickens hosted Donald Trump. He had a presidential rally right there in the upstate of South Carolina. Huge event. Tens of thousands of people attended on a beautiful but extremely hot day in the upstate. And Native Son, the current U.S. Senator for South Carolina, Lindsey Graham, a guy who's supporting Donald Trump, by the way, got up on stage in his home county, in his home state. And I'm going to play you a portion of this. This was the greeting that the current U.S. Senator of South Carolina received when he got up there in front of the tens of thousands of people in Pickens, South Carolina, Ladies uh, and gentlemen, let me know what you United
1: think. United States Senator Lindsey Graham.
0: Okay, listen close to the crowd. You know, a couple of couple of claps, but listen to this. There's Lindsay. Take it away, Lindsay. Little Lindsay.
1: Welcome to Pickens. Thank y'all for coming. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank you all for coming.
0: Hey, at least he uses Thank the word you y'all very, very a much. lot.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a bunch. Well, well, you want to find something in common? (laughs) All right, thank (laughs) y'all. This is bad. Thank you all. And
0: I didn't notice it at the time, but watching the video clip, there's there's a woman in 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 the background with a big old thumbs down signal for Lindsey Graham as he's. Booed in his home county at a rally for Donald Trump. You, you got to see this. You, you just got to see it. And I heard one woman there yelling "traitor" to Lindsey Graham. <laughs> you know, he went up against Trump. Uh, tr- he went against Trump in 2016, and Trump blew him out of the water. They ended up becoming friends. But I, you know, Lindsey, the one reason that people don't like him is you just never know where he's going to stand. He just kind of bounces back and forth. And I think the people, even in his home county, have had about enough of Lindsey Graham. You know what, people, I say in South Carolina, put up somebody good and run against Lindsey Graham in the next election if he runs again. Heck, with that kind of reception, I don't know what he could run for. I don't think he could be elected coroner in Pickens County. I would say dog catcher. I don't think they have elected positions of that in Pickens County, but gosh. Hostile crowd there. Not a friendly crowd on the home turf, Lindsey. He's a traitor. Of course, that could have been a Clemson fan because Lindsey grew up in the shadows of Clemson. And he is a gamecock through and through undergrad and law school at the University of South Carolina. Maybe that's what they're not so happy about. But a a rough crowd there Saturday in Pickens when Lindsey Graham helped open the show for Donald Trump. Hour three, I'm going to play more of that, and I'm also going to let you hear the current governor of South Carolina, his introduction, which was a lot a lot different than Lindsey's there from the weekend. And that's a look at some of our headlines here on the Y'all Show today going on across the Southeast. We'll take this break, and when we come back, we've got a quick look at sports. As we got a new champion of the USFL, that plus more on that Chicago race that got halted after just a handful of laps. A first-time winner on NASCAR. I'll let you know all about that when the Y'all Show comes right back.
2: Plane to Birmingham Leaving you was my plane Then head on south by any means Thought I might blend in round New Orleans But when the plane got off the ground I saw your face in a cloud all your tears out on the wind. Don't guess my heart was free to heal. Birmingham
0: Oh, the Birmingham Turnaround from Keith Whitley. That is a fantastic song from back in the 1980s and from the album Don't Close Your Eyes, in case you want to go find that one. And Skip Holtz, he's done the Birmingham Turnaround. Congratulations to the head coach of the Birmingham Stallions as this USFL team going back-to-back over the weekend as they captured... The USFL title with a 28-12 victory over the Pittsburgh Maulers. Got a little close there, but in the end, Beham able to survive and captured their second straight USFL title in the re-energized professional football league that I think NBC might have had the call on that one over the weekend. And a very, very great culmination of two seasons. In two seasons that have totaled 24 games thus far, Skip Holtz has led Birmingham to a 21-3 record. And he's had the league MVP helping him out in 2023 as Alex Magoo has done a fantastic job. This guy ought to definitely get a shot at some NFL team out there somewhere. As he had four touchdown passes in that victory over the Maulers on Saturday. And you also saw Deion Kane, the MVP of the championship game, catching four passes so you got the league MVP and Magoo, and the actual game MVP, Dion Kane. He had 70 yards and three touchdown receptions, and he had three touchdown receptions on only catching four passes. Not a bad day. Uh, pretty, pretty amazing job that Skip Holtz has done. Remember the USFL debut way back in 1983? There was an original Birmingham Stallions team. Last year, in 2022, they had eight teams all nestled in Birmingham, and they played all of their games there at Protective Stadium, the home of UAB in downtown Birmingham. This year, they took the teams and put them in pods of two in different locations. So Birmingham still kept the Stallions, but the New Orleans Breakers stayed with them in New Orleans, and those two teams were based out of Birmingham. In Memphis, you had the Memphis Showboats, which was a renamed team. The Tampa Bay Bandits, which played in 2022, did not come back this year. So Memphis was the Showboats, and they were paired in Memphis with the Houston Gamblers. These Pittsburgh Maulers, which made it to the championship game, they were based in Canton, Ohio, alongside the New Jersey Generals. And then in Detroit, Michigan, you had... The Michigan Panthers, which, by the way, won the very first USFL title back in 1983 with Bobby Brister, I think, or Bubby Brister, leading the way there. And and I think I got that right. That, that's a long time ago. I barely. I don't. I, I don't remember. I don't remember that 1983 USFL Michigan Panthers team. I do remember the New Jersey Generals because they had Herschel Walker and Doug Flutie, and I love their name, and Donald Trump owned the team back then. And I liked, uh, I guess I liked liked the Generals. If I had to go pick a shirt out, I would have been a Generals fan back then because I don't really remember the Stallions playing, and I think I barely remember the old Memphis Showboats. But I, 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 I don't know what I was doing in 1983, now that I think about it. But in 2023, I know what I'm doing. I'm talking about the Birmingham stallions with back-to-back titles of this league and the championship game again being on the NBC network what a fantastic job they've done carrying this league and I love football I'm glad American football has been getting airplay on a major network throughout the months of February up until now because the XFL made its debut with Arlington the Renegades winning that league and now you got the Birmingham Stallions going back-to-back with this league title. A very good job by Skip Holtz, the head coach. And his dad was on the field, I believe, there at Canton for this victory. And Skip Holtz, you might remember him from his time as a college football coach as he not only led the East Carolina Pirates for a number of years, but he went on to be the USF Bulls coach. And then was at Louisiana Tech. He was leading the Bulldogs for about eight years up until 2021. And then last year, becoming the head coach, offensive coordinator, and quarterbacks coach of the Stallions. He's also the Stallions general manager. I'd say he's doing a pretty good job there with his time at Birmingham. He actually played high school football in Fayetteville, Arkansas, when his dad Lou Holtz would have been coaching the Razorbacks in the, I guess that would have been the early 1980s, and then he actually was, his college is Notre Dame, as Lou Holtz went on to be the head coach at the Notre Dame Fighting Irish back in the 1980s. So Skip Holtz, been around a long time in football and now taking his talent from college to the professional ranks of the USFL, and I'd say he's doing a pretty good job. NASCAR update, NASCAR was set to race in Birmingham this weekend, or rather not Birmingham, in, in, in another windy city, the original windy city of Chicago, and unfortunately their road race in downtown Chicago was canceled after just a few laps. The The race was originally scheduled for Saturday, but was suspended after 25 laps because of a lightning strike in the area. NASCAR tried to resume Sunday morning, but ended up having so much rain and ended up canceling this race in Chicago. And it's not a very good thing. They had a Nashville-based audio engineer struck by lightning and killed before the race happened. They were going to have concerts by Miranda Lambert and Charlie Crockett. Those got canceled because of flooding. Just a disastrous Independence Weekend event for NASCAR in Chicago. Cole Custer was declared the winner after only 25 laps in this, and I think this race was Cole Custer, the California native's very first win in NASCAR at the Loop 121, the race there in the Windy City, and he wins that Cole Custer. How about that? Custer wins in Chicago. And that will wrap up our sports headlines for this hour Later on in more sports coverage that we'll have for you, I'm going to let you know about the amazing financial year that golfer Taylor Cooch, the Oklahoma State, uh, he might be in Oklahoma sooner. I'm going to have to figure that out. No, he played at Oklahoma State. I apologize, Taylor. Guns up for you. We're going to let you know about the incredible financial success he's had on the Live Tour as he won another tournament this weekend. Taylor Gooch. We'll have more about his win And also some news from conference changes in college sports. All that's coming up before we get out of here on today's Y'all Show. Stay tuned when we come back. We've got our hashtag hullabaloo for this hour. And I'm going to talk about a prayer that influenced me when I was sitting there on the back pew of church where all the sinners sit. I'm going to let you know about that when we come right back here on the Y'all Show.
3: The man who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up next to you and defend her still today. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA.
0: Uh, I'm sure that will be one of many times you hear Lee Greenwood belt that thing out over the next couple of hours and maybe even days. And I have no problem with that. Great to have you back here. We are The Y'all Show, where we accentuate everything Southern. And we are happy to do that here on The Y'all Show. We call this segment right here our hashtag hullabaloo segment. This is where we find, oftentimes, from social media, incredible things that we like to pass along your way. I'm going to make an exception today. I'm going to pass along something. That happened to me Sunday that just knocked me right over the right over the head. And it comes to yours truly from going to church. Which is something I try to do periodically. But I went Sunday and we had a pastoral prayer from the church that I was visiting. And the pastor who does a great job, Pastor Presley, thank you, sir. He did a wonderful job with his prayer before he started up his sermon as we were actually focusing in on Sunday on Galatians. I think the final chapter of Galatians, if you want to know the truth. I'm not a biblical scholar, so apologies. But what caught my ear was Pastor Presley's setup for his sermon. He had his pastoral prayer. And I just thought this was so impressive. So, So much so that I went to him after the service, and I said, look, is this something you drafted yourself? Because that's powerful. And Pastor Presley is a smart guy. He actually attended Vanderbilt. He went to law school. He went to the University of Mississippi Law School, I think, and was a corporate lawyer before the light hit him, and he switched over to being, for a long time, an assistant pastor, and now he's got his own church. And I'll enjoy, when I'm visiting, going to his church, Pastor Presley. Kurt, if you want to know his first name. Uh, Check it out. But I went to his church Sunday, his little southern town church, and his prayer captured my attention, which oftentimes in church, I don't pay attention, but I did on Sunday. And knowing that he's a smart guy, Vanderbilt educated, old Miss kind of guy, lawyer, I knew he would be a straight shooter with me. And so what he told me was that, yes, a large portion of what he said in that pastoral prayer was his, but he lifted certain portions of it from a fellow PCA pastor, a gentleman out of North Carolina that goes by Pastor Kevin DeYoung. He's with Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina. And I found, because Pastor Presley said, just look for it, you'll find it. So I did. I went and looked for it. And I found this prayer on the website, from the website thegospelcoalition.org. It is A Prayer for America on Independence Day by Pastor Kevin DeYoung from Matthews, North Carolina. So I will read this out here for all y'all on the eve of the 4th of July because perhaps it will inspire you like it inspired me sitting in that church on a Sunday morning. So here goes this prayer from Pastor DeYoung. It says, Gracious Heavenly Father, on this day where we celebrate the anniversary of the independence of the United States of America, we come before you to pray for this country. We give thanks for the many blessings and evidences of divine favor that belong to us in America. We live in what may be the most powerful and most prosperous nation ever to be on the face of the earth. For hundreds of years, for millions of people from all over the world, this has been a land of hope, the hope of religious freedom, the hope of self-government, the hope of liberty. In the Declaration of Independence, our founding fathers spoke of certain unalienable rights, Rights not granted by the government, but given to us by you, our creator, which our government is obliged to protect. The United States of America began with the conviction that a nation should be founded upon truth. Not opinions or preferences or feelings, but upon truths. Self-evident truths that remain true no matter the crime, the place, or the culture. And central among these truths is the Christian belief that all men are created equal. Made in your image, no one possesses more intrinsic worth for being born rich or poor, male or female, black or white, aristocrat or artisan, financier or farmer. We give thanks for the God-given rights and hard-fought freedoms we enjoy in this country. And we repent as a people for all the times past and present where we have squandered your blessings, where we have not lived up to our national ideals, where we have treated persons equal in your eyes as unequals in ours. Forgive our country for the sins of chattel slavery, for Jim Crow and racism. Forgive us for the legalized killing of the unborn. Forgive us for rampant, brazen sexual immorality. Forgive us for poor memories and hard hearts. Forgive us for our ingratitude for hardly any people at any time anywhere in the world has had access to as much biblical truth As we have. We ask for your grace to be shed abroad in our land. We do not deserve your favor. You made no promise that the United States of America will long endure, and yet, if it be for the good of your heavenly kingdom, would you see fit to deal kindly with this, our unearthly country? Give wisdom and humility to the governing authorities, grant to them the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Protect those who protect us at home and abroad. Renew in us a desire to love one another and so fulfill the law of Christ. Make us a virtuous people, a courageous people, a reasonable and resolute people. Frustrate the plans of all those who promote what is false and celebrate what is wicked. Defend the rights of the weak and the cause of those facing injustice. Give us an appropriate patriotism, giving thanks for the blessings you have poured out on America without ever trading the riches of the gospel for the thin gruel of mere civil religion. Strengthen the the church of Jesus Christ. Send your spirit to descend with power upon every Bible-preaching pulpit. Bring true revival to our land, healing our divisions, leading us to repentance, teaching us the truth, and bringing us together to the cross. For as many more years as you give us as a nation, May we be a land where the truth of Christ is known, the good news of Christ is sent out, and the body of Christ is made strong. We ask then, in the deepest biblical sense possible, O God, that you would truly bless America. We pray all this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only king and head of his church. Amen. And that written by Pastor Kevin DeYoung, who pastors... In Matthews, North Carolina, the Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church. And that was shared to me by Pastor Kurt Presley at Church Sunday. And I just thought that would make a very fitting way to wrap up this first hour and our hashtag Hullabaloo. And again, it is Independence time as we celebrate America's birth. And we could not have done it without the the Lord Almighty and His never-ending grace. And God is why this country exists. Okay. We will move on to less biblical and religious items as we continue on with this Monday edition of The Y'all Show. And we'll get on to it right after this break, so stay tuned. It is great to have you back here. as hour two of this Monday of Y'all, the show all about the South, rolls on. We've got an abbreviated Y'all show scheduled this week as we're doing a show here on this Monday. but We'll be off Tuesday for the 4th of July, and we'll be right back Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday with all new shows right for you. Just pick right off the tree. Speaking of picking right off the tree in this hour of the Y'all show, We've got a very, very tasty segment that we're going to have for you. Thanks to the website tasteofhome.com, they've got an article that caught our eyes here at the Y'all Show. They have the article up right now called 35 Recipes to Make from Farm Stand Fresh Peaches. And we got all 35 recipes laid out here in front of us, and we're going to tell you what they are. And you might want to go pick out that website, tasteofhome.com, and find these yourself. It is a week that you can enjoy fresh peaches Ooh, in the south summertime peaches especially around the fourth of july is something to behold and if you go find some of these peaches at your local farm stand you're in high hog heaven i think is what the best way to say it would be all that is part of our southern recipe of the week and we'll have that this hour so stay tuned for that we also have coming up here this week in southern history we've got Lots of Southern historic things to pass along, and so you don't want to miss out on that, including the birth this week of a guy who has little, little direct connection to the South. Only visited the South, I think, one time, and he was an American. Stephen Foster is who I'm talking about. But boy, his songs, many of them, are about as Southern as you could possibly get. From my old Kentucky home to Oh Susanna and more. Stephen Foster was born this week, born on the fourth of July, actually in 1826. I'm going to tell you more about him. Also this week we had the Battle of Gettysburg, a real turning point of the American Civil War, and I'm going to tell you about that as it was fought July one through three, uh, July first through third of 1863 in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I'll let you know more about Pickett's Charge and more. Also it was this week, back in 18. 18- what year was it? 1881, that James A. Garfield was assassinated. The 20th president of the United States was shot in Washington, D.C. on July 2nd, 1881. He didn't die until September of that year, but I'm going to let you know more about the second assassination of a president in American history as part of our Southern History Spotlight. Also this week, Back in 1917, this is a riot you might not have heard of, but we saw estimates between 39 and 150 black people were murdered this week in 1917, and that happened just outside of St. Louis, Missouri, as tension in the city of St. Louis spilled over to East St. Louis, and that happened this week. We'll touch tell you more about the East St. Louis Massacre, plus... A guy that played a little baseball in St. Louis. He played for the St. Louis Browns, I think. Yeah, he played for a couple years with the Browns back before they became the Baltimore Orioles. Satchel Paige was born this week back in 1906, born in Mobile, Alabama. Negro League star, played for a bunch of teams in the Negro Leagues before going on to play for a number of years in the MLB for the Indians, Browns, and Athletics. Satchel Paige. Born this week, I'll tell you more about that baseball great in our Southern history. So we've got food, peaches specifically to tell you about, and we got lots of great Southern history to pass along in this hour two of the y'all show coming up in hour three today. Reminder that Megan Headwall will be back on and she's got some great things to pass along. And I'm gonna play you more of that Lindsey Graham audio of him being booed, not just in his home state. But being booed off the stage in his native county, Pickens County, in South Carolina. Sheesh, how low can you possibly go? <laughs> and he's probably gonna have a very if he hasn't already come out with a good response, he's probably gonna have a pretty funny response to that when we when when the time goes by after his pride catches up with him. All that will be discussed in hour number three today. If you want to get involved with the Y'all Show, we've got an easy way for you to do that. Our text line's available, 615-208-4184, 615-208-4184. That is a number you can text any time of day because this show is not only available on an incredible radio station near you, but if you miss any portion of the Y'all Show, you can catch us via text, or rather via our podcast, and on the podcast, you can listen to it and text us. If you've got something you want to pass along, we'll be happy to do that. Just send us a text. And our podcast, the options for that are at you com, the South's homepage. Go there, and we've got our whole a whole section of you com devoted to the y'all show. Got clips of all of our more than 600 episodes right there. All you got to do is push the button, and it'll start playing. And... If you really got some time on your hand, we've got some of our interviews we've done through the years. On video, you can watch the Y'all Show being produced. So all that is at y'all.com. In addition to the website, we are also available absolutely free for the podcast edition of this show to be heard. You can listen at your leisure as we're available on Spotify. We're available on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn app. We're also on Apple Podcasts and in iTunes. Each of those apps, all you have to do is search Y'all Show, and you'll see our delicious, beautiful, impressive red and black logo staring right at you. It says Y'all Show. Hit the button to start following it or subscribing to it, depending on the social media platform you're using. And this show each day, when we get it done, will automatically come to you. And it's a perfect way to get through your drive into work. Maybe you're working out. Let's see here. I got one friend that uh, likes to listen. Usually they said they only listen to like the first 30 minutes. And I I told them, look, you got to listen to more. we got a lot of good stuff on here. This is important stuff here, but any listen is well, well appreciated. So thank you for that. And then there are some other people who have long jobs they do and they, they listen over and over and I appreciate them too. Hey, whatever it takes and please help, help a fellow Southerner out. Don't just keep this to yourself. We want the y'all show to grow and grow and grow. And so the way to do that is to tell people about it. And if you find us on one of those platforms and it's easy for you to listen and keep up with us, please tell your friends that also listen to podcasts that, hey, there's one here that I think you might like because they cover stuff that you're not going to hear anywhere else. I mean, think about it. I just prayed in the last segment. It wasn't my prayer. It was from Pastor Kevin DeYoung of, the Presbyterian Church in Matthews, North Carolina, as he had the Prayer for America on Independence Day that I read. So I prayed. I've told you about sports, including football. And here this hour, I'm going to talk about Gettysburg, Satchel Paige. And I'm even going to tell you about how you can come up with 35 different recipes to make farm fresh peaches from from a farm stand. You can make Something, 35 different recipes to make with farm-fresh peaches. All that is in this show. Plus, Megan Headwall's coming on here, for goodness sakes. So we we really do have a pretty cool show, if you don't mind me bragging, okay? Okay, I will shut up, because y'all don't want to hear me bragging. Or maybe you do. (laughs) Let's get into the headlines here quickly before we move over to more important things like Satchel Page talk. Let's start out again with the big headline nationwide. We had a hot, hot weekend. More deaths from the triple-digit temperatures across the southeast. Storms passing through. Power outages and more. I hope you all are having, if you're not working on this Monday, I'm hoping you're having a great day and you're not having to deal with bad weather. You're not having to deal with awful temperatures. I haven't looked at the 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 early prognostication for weather throughout the whole week, but I don't think it's going to be as bad this week as last week, if I could put on my Weather Channel hat for a moment. So looks like we might be slightly out of the woods from a heat standpoint for this week. Unfortunately, the heat doesn't help out the tension across the country. And unfortunately, Sunday early on Sunday in Baltimore, two people were killed in a mass shooting there, And dozens were also struck by bullets in the city of Baltimore. It was a block party in the early morning hours of Sunday, and two people opened fire at this block party, and we saw another case of innocent lives being taken. An 18-year-old woman found dead at the scene, and a 20-year-old man pronounced dead at a hospital shortly after the shooting The mayor of Baltimore, Brandon Scott, at the scene said, I want those who are responsible to hear me and hear me very clearly. We will not stop until we find you, and we will find you. Until then, I hope that every single breath you take, that you think about the lives that you took, think about the lives that you impacted here tonight. Two people dead just after the shooting or during the shooting, and 28 people wounded in Baltimore early on Sunday at this block party. To Atlanta we go, and a rapper in that city who is on Young Thug's record label has now been arrested and charged with murder. He's been suspected of a role in a fatal shooting. And Jacoby Moody is the rapper who goes by the stage name F.N. Da Dealer. And he's now been taken into custody and charged with felony murder and possession of a firearm All this stems from July 5th, or rather June 5th, when a 28-year-old man, Tremaine Glasper, was found with multiple gunshot wounds in a car at an apartment complex, and he died. Moody is not listed in another racketeering trial for Young Thug, the guy with a record label, but lots of uh, shenanigans going on for this Atlanta rapper Young Thug, his record label, and now... One of his clients, Jacoby Moody, F.N. Daddiller, De arrested and now being charged with murder in Atlanta, Georgia. Elsewhere across the southeast today, a story out of North Alabama, a lightning strike in Coleman County killed 31 cows. Damon Gardner has a farm in the Berlin community of Coleman, Alabama, and they must have had a nasty storm pass through Saturday and this cattle, they all got under a tree, and that tree got struck by lightning, and 31 cows were electrocuted. The meat is no good, so you can't do anything with it, and it was just an unfortunate thing. I know we've had in Texas where cows, I think hundreds of cows have died in storms there, but this one lightning strike in this pasture there in Coleman County killing 31 cows. The animals, according to Farmer, Tim Gardner are going to be given a proper burial there at the uh, farm of Damon Gardner in Coleman County, Alabama. There were scattered thunderstorms across North Alabama Saturday that brought rain, lightning, and wind. Hail was spotted in some areas of North Alabama. The Weather Service says that lightning kills about 20 people in the U.S. annually. There have already been six lightning deaths of humans in america in 2023 and that includes a six-year-old killed by lightning in texas i don't know if anybody tracks the number of cows that get killed by lightning in the country but there were 31 of them that met their maker sadly saturday in birmingham and that's really unfortunate because we know that these cows are out there just doing their thing they're locked behind a fence and they're not expecting that a A lightning bolt's going to get them, especially when they all gather under probably a pretty big tree, I assume, there at that pasture. And unfortunately, they did not survive. Let's go to New Orleans real quick and an update on Confederate monuments. You might remember that, was it Mitch Landry was the mayor of New Orleans back in 2017, and he kind of led the way for the monuments of New Orleans, the Confederate monuments to Jefferson Davis and Robert E. Lee and others to be removed. I was told they've even removed the Andrew Jackson statue at Jackson Square. I don't know that for sure, but I know the four Confederate monuments were taken out of New Orleans. It might have been the first southern city that had monuments taken down. Nikki Haley led the way for South Carolina to take down the Confederate flag, although a compromise had put it in front of the state capitol, and she, to get attention and to make her name known so she could run for president one day, pushed for the flag to come down, and she found a way to get it down, by gosh. And it's down, and it hasn't come back up in a museum that they allotted millions of dollars for it to go into. It's still not on display. And equally as bad, in New Orleans, four monuments taken down, including the famous Lee Circle monument there. Six years later, New Orleans city leaders have still not decided what to do with those monuments. They're sitting in some kind of warehouse. And there was even talk at one time that a couple of these statues would be sent out to Los Angeles for an art gallery there at the Museum of Contemporary Art. That, that's that been shelved. And in fact, that same art museum in Los Angeles was going to get the John C. Calhoun statue from Charleston to be put on display. And that's a little bit of a low blow. Why are Confederate monuments going to be put on display in California unless they're going to make a mockery out of them? And that's probably what they're going to likely do there in LA. But in New Orleans, just a reminder, the city that first started taking down statues after all these years, six years later, those four statues are still nowhere to be found. And it's a complete lie that was sold by the city leaders. And there's just zero excuse. Those things should be on display somewhere. Absolutely on display. Properly. And with respect, instead of sitting in a warehouse. Somebody told me that they even got messed up in their move, and I would not be surprised. I was told that Richmond, Virginia's statues were damaged in their move. I was told the Nathan Bedford Forrest statue in Memphis was also messed up in its move. These these statues are massive and extremely heavy, so I can understand how they got it it messed up. That's why they should have never been taken down. New Orleans, I'm looking at you. No excuse. And in our last headline today, I recently told you how awesome Carowinds Amusement Park was on the North Carolina-South Carolina border near Charlotte. Maybe I should keep my mouth quiet. Over the weekend, Carowinds had to shut down the amusement ride Fury 325. It's billed as the tallest, fastest, longest giga coaster in North America. And when you ride it, it actually goes into both North and South Carolina. But this roller coaster was closed this weekend after a crack was found on a support beam. I think someone riding the ride noticed this and told authorities, and they shut it down. It first opened back in 2015 at a cost of $30 million. They're having to work on it now, and so if you're heading to Carowinds Amusement Park wanting to ride Fury 325, Good news is it's it's right now currently closed because they're fixing it but when it gets back up and going you'll you'll be feeling the fury for sure and you'll have that doubt as you go around it. Is this thing going to break on me? That'll be not the kind of ride you're looking for. <laughs> In this summer of amusement rides. Although that would feel really good right now. 100 degree temperatures riding a roller coaster. Sign me up. That's a look at our hour 2 headlines when we come back on y'all. We've got Southern history to talk about, from Gettysburg to Satchel Paige and a St. Louis riot. All that is ahead for more of our conversation about Dixie. We are The Y'all Show. We want to hear you here at Super Talk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program, that number is 731-410-7560. And the... Supertalk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company, and they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731 617 2236. See me, Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate. 731 617 2236. See me, Tree Service. Powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. Called Old Folks at Home, written by one of America's greatest composers, Stephen Foster. We are the Y'all Show. We're back here on this eve of the 4th of July, and it was on July 4th, 1826, that Stephen Foster was born in Lawrenceville, Pennsylvania. He would live to be only 37 years old as he died in New York City at age 37 in 1864. Stephen Foster, an American composer of songs, wrote more than 200 songs, including Oh Susanna. Also wrote Camp Town Races. If you ever played piano and learned how to play, that was one of the first songs you likely had to learn. That song right there, Old Folks at Home, also known as Swanee River, that was written in 1851. It's the official state song of Florida, by the way, Old Folks at Home, swanee river if you ever travel the interstate in north florida when you cross over the swanee river there's a sign that even mentions the stephen foster song with the little lyrical notes on the highway sign of i guess that's interstate 75 i think could be i-10 might be both he also of course for all you people in the bluegrass stephen foster penned my old kentucky home which I think is also the official state song of the state of Kentucky. And they play it at University of Kentucky Athletic Games, The U.K. band. At least they did. I hope they still do. Also wrote Genie with the Light Brown Hair, Old Black Joe, and Beautiful Dreamer. Stephen Foster, born this week in 1826. Not a Southerner. In fact, I've been told he only visited the South technically one time. But his music often... Surrounded the South. His music. Beloved in the South. Again Kentucky. Made my old Kentucky home. The official state song back in 1928. Florida. Making old folks at home. It's official state song. In 1935. There is a Stephen Foster Memorial. Have you all heard of that? And it is. It is an art center and museum at the University of Pittsburgh. And so beloved, this this Pennsylvania native that his music was such a part of the South. Some people are not happy that his music promoted Southern life. Many of his songs have come under the controversial deal, mostly because of slavery and more. And he was not in the abolitionist camp he was not necessarily pro-slavery but he wasn't in support of the abolition movement so that has hurt his legacy Stephen Foster you can go look for him and learn more about him if you will and and discover this Yankee that had a great American composition of songs 200 songs that he penned many of which which are beloved and are important songs in the history of the south so for a yankee stephen good job let's tell you about something else pennsylvania related that has to do with its south this week in 1863 the battle of gettysburg happened in that farm community right on the maryland pennsylvania border american and confederate forces fought yankees under the command of george Meade and confederate forces under robert e lee you had Roughly 100,000 northern troops going up against 75,000 boys in gray. When the battle would come to an end, there would be 23,000 casualties on both sides. The turning point of the Civil War, because Lee and the Confederate forces had moved into Pennsylvania, trying to get to the north to get off the south back, taking it to the north was the decision. And... It was, in the end, a bad decision because the North, was, with this victory, turned the tide of the war, and the South would never be on the offensive again. Not Not in the Army of Northern Virginia. They would be in a constant retreat. But the war would continue for another two years. Don't forget, it was April of 1865 that Robert E. Lee ultimately, at Appomattox, surrendered his sword. And then you got people like George Meade, who was the winning general in the north on this day at Gettysburg would often, names like his, have faded into history. We we know of Ulysses S. Grant, but not of George Meade. Ulysses S. Grant in July of 1863 was not at Gettysburg. He was in Vicksburg. And on this same week in that year, 1863, Vicksburg, Mississippi fell to the north. Confederate forces there had been sieged and under siege by Union forces for months. And it was on the 4th of July, 1863, that the Confederate flag was lowered and the Stars and Stripes raised at Vicksburg, a tremendous victory for the North. And that victory for the North at Gettysburg, coupled with Gettysburg, was a one-two punch the South would never rebound from. And Grant would ultimately be asked by Lincoln to take over the entire Northern assault in Virginia and he he did what other union generals would not do he kept the offensive going and he in his tactics brought victory to the north it took 2 years but they ultimately won Gettysburg and Vicksburg both happening in this week in southern history also I want to tell you about this is an american story but it happened in the south The assassination of James A. Garfield happened this week. On July 2nd, 1881, he was shot at the Baltimore and Potomac Railroad Station right there in Washington, D.C. Now, Garfield would live for a couple of months. He would die 79 days after he was shot. He died in September of 1881, and I think he died at like a beach house in New Jersey. That's where he was taken to, but... His death led to Chester Arthur being elevated to president. And the man who shot him was Charles Guiteau, and he was convicted of Garfield's murder and was executed by hanging one year after the 20th president of the United States, James A. Garfield, was assassinated. Again, shot this week in 1881, lived for nearly 80 days and dying in September of it. 1881. James Garfield, 20th president from Ohio. It was from Moreland Hills, Ohio. He's buried in Elberon, New Jersey. He was 49 years old when he was assassinated as president. This Republican. I don't know if he fought in the Civil War. Yeah, I guess he did. He was a Brigadier General. He was a Brigadier General that's I don't. I guess he was fighting. He fought with Buell in the Kentucky area at the beginning of the war. He also fought at Corinth, Mississippi, as a Union officer, and then ended up being a chief of staff for William Rosecrans before getting into Congress. And ultimately, James A. Garfield was a Republican president, but assassinated this week in 1881. Also in Southern history this week, this is a. Massacre that technically happened in Illinois, but we bring it up because of its proximity to St. Louis and its effect there on both sides of the Mississippi River. And this week in 1917, the East St. Louis Massacre happened. A series of labor and race-related attacks of white Americans against black Americans. Between 39 and 150 blacks between May and July of 1917 were killed in this East St. Louis Massacre. 6,000 blacks left homeless. As this happened primarily in East St. Louis, right across from St. Louis, Missouri. But it happened, you might want to look into this. And I'm actually glad I'm telling you about it because I'm not that familiar with this riot. I know about the Tulsa riot a couple of years later after this one. I know about the Hamburg riot in South Carolina, roughly 1870, that that happened. But the East St. Louis, because I guess it didn't happen in the South, is why I'm not as familiar. I'm bringing it up here today because it just shows we have had racial struggles and massacres and violence and deaths in the North and the South for a long time. Satchel Paige was born this week in 1906. The Negro League star who went on to play a couple of seasons in the major leagues, a National Baseball Hall of Fame inductee as he got his start playing baseball, born in Mobile, Alabama, lived to be the right, right old age of 75, died in Kansas City in 1982. He was born in the area of Mobile known as Down the Bay, and he was born Leroy Robert Page. And according to legend, just before the start of his baseball career, Page looked too much like a page in a book. So my folks started out by spelling their name P-A-G-E and ended up adding an I. I'm still trying to find out how he got his name satchel. I'll have to say that for another day. But he got involved in the Negro Leagues, playing in Chattanooga and Birmingham, And ended up playing for the Pittsburgh Crawfords of the Negro Leagues for a number of years. Played for the Kansas City Monarchs from 1939 to 1947. The New York Black Yankees played for them in 1941. Memphis Red Sox in 1943. And then in 1948, after Jackie Robinson had integrated baseball, he played for the Cleveland Indians, playing from 1948 to 49 with that team. And then went to St. Louis. And I know they used to have a rocking chair, out there for him for the Browns. He played for the St. Louis Browns in the American League from 51 to 53 and before wrapping up his career back in Kansas City for the Kansas City Athletics after they had moved to Kansas City. The amazing thing is he played for the Athletics in 1965, some 12 years after he had finished playing for the Browns, after a 12-year gap, he came back and played in Major League Baseball. That is Unbelievable. So in 1965, Satchel Paige would have been 59 years old. He has to be the oldest player to ever play in the major leagues, or if he's not the oldest, he's got to be darn near near the end. Let's see, Kansas City Athletics. Charlie Finley, he was kind of famous for doing crazy things. When Satchel Paige was 59 years old, he signed him to play for one game. On September 25th of 1965 against the Boston Red Sox, Charlie Finley invited Negro League veterans, including Cool Papa Bell, to be introduced before the game. Satchel Paige was in the bullpen sitting on a rocking chair. And he started the game by getting, he actually played in the game. He got Jim Gosker to pop out on a foul ball. The next man, Dalton Jones, reached first and went on to second on an infield error, but was thrown out trying to reach third on a pitch in the dirt. Then the great Carl Yaskrimsky doubled, and Tony Colerlegiero hit a fly ball to end the inning. The next six batters went down in order. How about that? Satchel Paige. The lights dimmed as he got off the field, led by the PA announcer, and fans lit matches and cigarette lighters while singing The Old Grey Mare." <laughs> and then he even played in some exhibition games after that. But uh, in 1965, at age 59, he was still on a baseball diamond. The Alabama-born Satchel Paige, born this week back in 1906, lived to be 75 years old, dying in 1982. That's a look at some Southern history for you here on the Y'all Show as we have this second hour that we devote each hour, each week, uh, segment of the second hour of our Monday show to great Southern information, southern history, and you never know what you're gonna learn here on the Y'all Show when we have that feature. When we come back, I'm gonna tell you something just as exciting. How you can go out to your local farm stand, and if they've got some fresh peaches, you can use those for 35 different recipes. And I'll tell you exactly what those recipes are thanks to tasteofhome.com. And we're going to dive in that right after this timeout. them Georgia peaches, don't we, Leonard Skinner? We're back on the Y'all Show on this Monday before the 4th of July, Tuesday. I'm John. Good to have you here at Y'all. You can email us anytime you feel like it here. Mail, M-A-I-L, at dot com is the way to reach us here on the show that shakes the Southland. We are the Y'all Show. You know those Georgia peaches, whether it's songs being sung by Leonard Skinner or good Georgia or Alabama or South Carolina peaches or whatever state you can get you a fresh peach in. Boy, that sounds so delicious this time of year. And with that in mind, the website tasteofhome.com is coming through for us. As Julie Myers of that website has just put up an article that caught our eye here at the Y'all Show, 35 recipes to make with farm stand fresh peaches. I bet you somewhere in your area of the South, you got a special place you like to find and stop by. And they had this time of year, those cute little baskets that are made with wood, the, the little peach baskets. I guess that's what they're called. And they got right off the vine, right off the tree, peaches. Ripe. Oh, so wonderful. It's July in the south, y'all. You deserve a good southern peach. Tasteofhome.com has this article that Julie has penned called 35 Recipes to Make with Farm Stand Fresh Peaches. So go to your favorite stand, your fruit stand, your vegetable stand, your produce market and get you a bunch of peaches because these recipes are right there at tasteofhome.com awaiting your food prowess. I can't walk you through all the do's and don'ts. I'm just going to tell you what they are because there's 35 of them. So you're just going to have to trust me on this one. Up first is grilled peach rice and arugula salad is one of the recipes that you can do with fresh peaches from your local stand. Another peach is spiced peach puffs. That looks pretty darn cool. I don't know when you'd eat that. Is that more of a dessert? Some people, they say, use custard filling for that recipe. But again, you can find it right there at tasteofhome.com. Another peach recipe. This is, I, I, I'm going to have to skip past this one because it looks so darn delicious. Peach pound cake. Peach pound cake, right there. You can go get the recipe at Taste of Home. Also, peach blueberry cobbler. Now, that's pretty awesome. Mixing peaches and blueberries together for a delicious cobbler. Also, the peach caprice salad. If you're worried about your diet, check that recipe out at Taste of Home. It's, again, 35 recipes of how you can make things with fresh peaches here in July. Up next, the lime and spice peach cobbler. Lime and spice. That sounds pretty amazing. Up next, golden beet and peach soup with tarragon. A soup with peaches in it. The recipe right there at Taste of Home. Up next is pretty peach tart a tart of peaches up next another tart the peach blueberry crumble tart is a recipe you can go dig up at this website also if you want to mix in some meat with your peaches the chicken with peach cucumber salsa i never thought about mixing peaches and chicken that would be awesome Anybody out there want to make that for me sometime? Next up, the Pretty Peach Jam, a homemade jam with peaches. Perfect for the summer. How about Peach Cobbler Dump Cake? You have the slow-cooked peach salsa as a recipe from tasteofhome.com as we're walking through their various recipes. Another option is the Peach Bruschetta. Perfect snack. They call it a nice, light snack option. Up next, the slow cooker peach crumble. Now, we're almost to the halfway point of our recipes. The just peachy pork tenderloin. There we have peaches mixed in with another type of meat. We told you about chicken before. Now, how about a pork tenderloin mixed in with ripe summertime peaches from Dixie?
4: Mmm, mmm, mm.
0: The baked peach pancake. Holy Toledo. I tell you, I love summer. I love peaches. I'm in hog heaven. I'm in peach heaven. Baked peach pancake is an option for you this time of year. Up next, another meat and peach combo. The Caribbean Spice Pork Tenderloin with Peach Salsa. That's our 18th of 35 peach recipes here. We're halfway through on our listing of 35 recipes to make with fresh peaches. From your local farm stand. We have the peach blueberry pie. Mixing again. Peaches and blueberries together for a delicious pie. Oh. Heavenly. The Northwest Salmon Salad. Some of you say salmon. I say salmon. It's got an L in it, for goodness sakes. The Northwest Salmon Salad is an option for you. For all you health conscious folks. How about a peach smoothie for all you health conscious people? Or people that just want a good something to sip on. A creamy peach smoothie is not only refreshing, but it's also nutritious. And it's a delicious breakfast. Actually, my mother, bless her heart, who just called me before this hour started, and I'm going to have to call her back. But mom, mama, you're going to have to wait. I'm talking about, I'm actually bragging on you. It didn't happen much, but a few times in my childhood, she made smoothies, usually banana smoothies, And I don't even think they were called smoothies at the time. I think they were just called shakes. But she would whip up a banana shake smoothie type thing. Man, was it good. And I'm thinking she might have done a peach one at some point. Thanks, Mom. Or as I call her, Mama. Up next on our listing of peach recipes that you need to try for summertime. The summer chicken macaroni salad. yum Eat. Up next, another one that you can pair with some chips, the cucumber fruit salsa that's got peaches in it. Yummy. Part two. Up next, pickled peaches. Oh, that sounds fascinating for all of you who like something with a little vinegar in it. As these pickled peaches combine vinegar, sugar, and warm spices. You can serve it with ice cream, pound cake, also with veggies or even some meat. The pickled peaches recipe you can find it at tasteofhome.com. How about rich fruit kuchens? Kuchen, I know in German, is the name for kitchen. So it's uh, this this particular recipe actually comes from German. As the description says, this German classic is such a part of our reunions, we designate a special place to serve it, the kuchen, kuchen room. It's kind of like a coffee cake, rich fruit kuchens. Jawohl. Oh. Now, this might be my favorite one of all. They call it Georgia peach ice cream, but it doesn't matter what state you're in. Homemade southern ice cream with peaches, I don't think it gets any better. And there's a recipe straight from America's Georgia that you can find if you click on the recipe at tasteofhome.com. And as I've said on this show before, my mother, i got to give her credit, she still makes the best homemade peach ice cream of anybody I've ever Anybody I've ever enjoyed, which actually, if I think about it, really hadn't been that many people, because it's a pain in the took us to make homemade ice cream. But her key, and I've got the recipe, but I'm not going to share it with you. I know it includes sour cream in her peach ice cream recipe. recipe, so keep that in mind. Let's wrap up our other. Let's see, our about. A, we've got about eight left here on our listing of 35 recipes to make with fresh peaches, courtesy of the website Taste of Home. .com. How about a southern peach upside-down cake? Oh, yeah, that looks delicious if you see the picture I'm looking at. Also, the golden summer peach gazpacho. Raspberry peach puff pancake is another one on this listing from tasteofhome.com. You got the raspberry peach jam. Sounds delish. Also, you've got grilled honey balsamic glazed fruit that's got not only peaches in it, but this grilled honey balsamic glazed fruit includes pineapples and more got a sweet and tangy sauce the recipe right there at tasteofhome.com how about a raspberry peach tart that's on the breakdown of all of these recipes that have something to do with peaches in the summertime that you can find at your local southern farm stand and just a couple more left here how about the peaches and cream jelly roll Ooh, that looks scrumptious you can find that on the website And then our penultimate peach recipe is the makeover turkey burgers with peach mayo. I never thought you could make mayonnaise out of peaches, but according to this recipe, you can, and you can find it there. And then lastly, the juicy peach and strawberry crumb pie. And that is our 35th of 35 recipes, courtesy of the website tasteofhome.com. You can log on there right now. As writer Julie Myers has penned this 35 recipes to make with farm stand fresh peaches. We love our peaches. We're gonna come back to you in hour three with Megan Headwall and a lot of fun. So stay tuned. Are going to be out this final hour of our Monday y'all show. I'm John Rawl, and I'm joined now by Megan Headwall. And of course, I'm not going to be booing at Megan for goodness sakes. No, <laughs> they're going to be booing at Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. I'm going to play a funny clip from his appearance at a Trump rally in Pickens, South Carolina, Saturday. What a what a crazy time! And at that event, the governor of South Carolina, Henry Foghorn Leghorn McMaster. Made an appearance, and I'm going to let you hear a portion of his preface to Donald Trump that definitely was a complete opposite of Lindsey Graham's time up there at the podium. Pretty fun stuff. They had thousands. I'm thinking Trump said there were 70,000 people there. I don't know if it was 70, but there you see the video footage of what they had there and the downtown portion of that upstate South Carolina community. It was pretty impressive, and even more impressive, Megan, just like most of the South, it was. Nearly triple-digit temperatures, and people right there in the middle of the afternoon watched Trump and all the other people get up on stage, and we'll tell you about it in our news headlines here of this hour. Also, we've got Megan, again, she's here with us. Hope you are doing well and getting ready for a big 4th of July.
5: I am. It's going to be fun.
0: What you going to make for us?
5: <laughs> Nothing for us. Sorry. Uh, uh,
0: shame. I mean, I'm talking about for everybody, not just me.
5: Oh, <laughs> we're, we're just, nothing we're, for y'all. Yeah, so you
0: you you wouldn't even make anything just for me, m- m- oh. not to mention the, you- not to mention the entire <laughs> South.
5: <laughs> no, probably not. I might bring you some uh, peanut butter and celery so you can finally uh, yeah, try that. Not, you never
0: brought that to me the other week, so I'm not I'm not <laughs> ca- counting on you to do that now. No, hold your Yeah, I've got a I got a peeve with Megan. In fact, speaking of peeves, she's going to be on to talk about pet peeves. So we're going to have some fun. With that, in our next segment, plus before we get out of here today, an update on Southern sports. As we've got a new champion, it's a new old champion coming to us from Birmingham, Alabama. The Stallions capturing their back-to-back, nas- uh, you could call it a national championship, the championship of the USFL. Skip Holtz is the coach of that team, and he's also the GM. And on Saturday in Canton, Ohio, the Stallions upended the Pittsburgh Maulers for their back-to-back champions of the USFL. We'll have all that in our Southern sports before we get out of here today. If you want to get involved with the Y'all Show, easy to do. All you got to do is text us. Our number is 615-208-4184. If you've got a pet peeve and you want us to talk about it, now's the time to send that our way. We'll try to squeeze it in here before we get out of here in this third hour. Reminder, we will not be here on Tuesday. It is the 4th of July national holiday. So we hope all of you out there will be having a a wonderful day with friends and family and remembering the reason for the holiday. It is our country's birthday, and we live in a wonderful country, and we celebrate it on Tuesday. Then we get back together Wednesday, where Megan's going to bring me over that peanut butter and celery stick, finally. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) So we got a lot of other great stuff coming throughout the week here on the Y'all Show. Well, let's dive in to the news headlines of the day and those headlines included that uh, did you hear me talking about roller coasters and stuff the other day were you part of that show
5: yeah I don't
0: think so okay you might not have been you know I I can't keep up from one show to another (laughs) and that's a compliment to the fact that we do so many shows it's hard to keep track of what all I do here I guess I needed to Research our episodes before I start talking about them, but not we need long, a roster. We do, we do, <laughs> we do, and I have it in my head, but that's not good enough because my head's not that great. But we talked the other day about great theme parks, of which Silver Dollar City and Branson was the number one theme park in all of the country, and Dollywood in Sevierville, Tennessee. Pigeon Forge was the number two theme park, according to one of these websites that look at theme parks. Well, in the list in the top twenty-five, I think was Carowinds, which is in Charlotte. It's on the North Carolina-South Carolina border, and it's a great theme park that is technically owned by our friends from Ohio, Cedar Point. They're the company that owns this thing, and they know a thing or two about roller coasters. Well, guess what, Megan? Just in time, if 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 riding a roller coaster was not scary enough, the roller coaster Fury 325 has now been shut down. Because a crack was found on a support beam, and you know what? It was discovered by someone riding the darn thing. They pointed, at, <laughs> they had to point it out. And this tallest, fastest, longest giga coaster in North America, which when you ride it, it crosses both the North and South Carolina border, now has been shut down, and you won't be able to ride it for quite some time. This Fury 325 first opened in 2015 at the cost of 30 million dollars. So we're pair of crews right there on site to try to get Fury 325 up and going. Now, roller coasters are scary enough, but for one to be broken is,
4: yeah.
5: <laughs> I,
0: I, I won't be volunteering to go on there anytime soon. And NASCAR race in Chicago this weekend, it's going to be the first street race in Chicago. NASCAR putting this on, they put a lot of effort into it. Miranda Lambert was going to have a concert there and A big deal for Independence Weekend from Chicago. Rain, wind, problems. The race got canceled after 25 laps, and they ended up giving a a guy who had never won before the title after only a 25-lap race, a a race that started on Saturday but couldn't get picked up on Sunday because of flooding and more in the Windy City. the, The Miranda concert canceled and more just a terrible thing. And in addition to all of that, unfortunate stuff from a sports standpoint from a NASCAR standpoint a Nashville sound engineer was electrocuted getting this event set up 30 the uh D- Dwayne Tobensky the owner of Dwayne Tobensky Production Consulting electrocuted Friday he was 53 years old and he was based out of Nashville had gone up there to get this thing set up Tobinsky <laughs> was a sound engineer helping out artists like Toby Keith ZZ Top Bob Dylan Katie Perry and more. He had just worked the CMA Fest in Nashville and was there in Chicago as he's been doing a lot of NASCAR events. Sadly, this Nashville business owner killed working in Chicago for this NASCAR street race. Wow,
5: that's too bad.
0: Yes, also, I want to tell you out of North Carolina, we know that the U.S. Supreme Court made a lot of news at the end of last week. Well, we know from a few weeks back that North Carolina was going to have, starting July 1st, their 12-week abortion law go into effect, and a last-minute effort to try to stop it failed as U.S. District Judge Catherine Eagles set aside a rule, but it's going to allow the provisions of this new abortion law to go into effect as of July 1st. So abortion providers had last week requested a blanket order to halt all of the July 1st restrictions that were pending in court, but the judge setting aside any of these things in this new 12 week abortion law as of right now. And this stuff, you know, Megan, this stuff gets challenged all the time. It appears yeah. to be full go there. Remember in North Carolina, this would not have happened if not for the woman who switched parties a couple of months ago from democratic to Republican, which gave the Republicans a supermajority in North Carolina state government and the governor vetoed this 12 week abortion rule and the House and Senate of North Carolina overrode Governor Cooper's veto. And so that's why this is now on the books in the state of North Carolina. And mm-hmm. lastly, in our headlines of of what's going on across the Southeast and more, how are you on royalty? Do you keep up with the kings and queens and princesses of the world?
5: No, I'm an American.
0: Oh, you are. <laughs> well, this, this next royal is a, an American, too, it sounds like. Have you ever heard mm-hmm. of Princess Madeline? I have. She is out of Sweden, and she has decided to stick around Florida. She's what we call a damn Yankee that's not even a Yankee. She's, <laughs> she's the daughter of King Carl Seventh Gustav and Queen Sylvia, and she was supposed to go back to Sweden with her family coming up in August, but she's now delayed that move, and she's going to stick around Florida for a little longer. Mm. Uh, and And she's got her husband, Christopher O'Neill, and three children. Princess Madeline is 41 years old. She's got three kids ages 9, 8, and 5. They're either a prince or princess. And they've lived in Florida since 2018. And they oh, must wow. like it. They like Florida better than Sweden.
5: I think I'd they like, must. I think I'd
0: like Sweden. But I like Florida, too. You know, Florida, Sweden. <laughs> it depends on what time of year. But, yes, they... Um, it does. They're Swedes in Florida. I don't know exactly what part of Florida they live in, but they must like it. So we're going to have a couple of more princes and, prince and princesses and, and, and princesses. I guess she's not a queen. She's, she's, I think, eighth in line for the throne there in Sweden. So I don't think there's a chance she'll move up in the ranking of, of her home country. But Princess Madeline going to be a Southerner and a Floridian for just a little bit longer. When Megan and I come back, our own princess here of the Y'all Show, Megan. You like that?
5: No, not really. Yeah, I think you do.
0: When Princess (laughs) Megan and the pauper John come back, we're going to tell you about pet peeves. I guess I'm one of Megan's pet peeves, but we're going to have some fun. She's got a list, and I can't wait to see what she's brought to the table as the Y'all Show Monday edition continues.
6: Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet
0: favorite acapella editions of the National Anthem. We're back on the Y'all Show. Ricochet was the band that sang that, and we're glad to have it. Happy 4th of July to all y'all. We are the Y'all Show. John joined by Megan, and we're going to talk pet peeves in this segment. I'm going to get my list from you, Megan, in a moment, but you know what my biggest pet peeve is?
5: What is that, John?
0: Stupidity, and it's done often by me, and I'm (laughs) <laughs> mad at myself you know why i've been I, i've been promising our listeners for a couple of hours on the show that in this hour they're gonna get, get to hear lindsey graham getting booed you know what and this idiot forgot to tell you about it in our news headlines
5: oh no you want to go back and do it real quick I, I, i'm
0: gonna do i'm gonna do it right now and then we'll get over let's to do pet, it pet peeves so yeah i've got a pet peeve it's myself <laughs> and, and, and I got carried away talking about roller coasters and everything else with you, Megan, that that I lost my track. But, yes, let's quickly bring people up to this, and then we'll move over to the pet peeves. So, on Saturday, Donald Trump flew up to Picken, South Carolina. He had this big patriotic event where fireworks were played, musicians performed. This was held in a downtown portion of this town. It was really a great setting. There were thousands, I'm talking at least 10 And Trump claimed 70,000 people in this upstate town in South Carolina. It is the home county of Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham grew up about 10 miles from Pickens. I think he is from Liberty, South Carolina, which is, again, in the same county. Liberty is halfway between Pickens and a town called Clemson. (laughs) And so Lindsey Graham in his home county... Stood up Saturday to introduce Donald Trump. He, he wasn't the guy that said, here's Donald Trump. But he was on stage 20, 30 minutes before Trump came out. Now, <laughs> other politicos that were there and spoke Saturday included Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. She was there. You also had some other congressmen from South Carolina and some other elected officials. I'm going to let you hear from Henry McMaster in a second. He's the current governor of South Carolina. He spoke after Lindsey Graham. But when Lindsay got up there to introduce the president, Megan, this is this is both humorous and pathetic at the same time. The crowd was not a big fan of Lindsey Graham. He was Uh-oh. booed. He was absolutely booed during this speech he gave. And he wasn't just like booed for a moment. It went on and on during his roughly Oof. four or five minutes. So I'm gonna play this for you now on the y'all show. And let you all hear it. Again, Lindsey Graham, who's been known in politics for 25 years, he was a congressman. He was on Bill Clinton's impeachment trial back in the 1990s and been a senator for South Carolina since the early 2000s. In his home county, this was the response that the thousands of people gave him when he got called up on stage Saturday at the Trump event in Pickens, South Carolina. Ladies and
1: gentlemen, please welcome United States Senator Lindsey Graham.
0: There they go booing. That oh, gets worse.
4: It's the guts and it's the I uh-huh. uh, hear somebody
1: welcome yelling traitor. Thank you all for coming, thank you very much, thank you, thank you all, (laughs) thank you all for coming, thank you very, very much, thank you, thank you, thanks a bunch, well, well, you want to find something in common? (laughs) all right thank y'all
0: again this is lindsey graham in his home county in south carolina being booed on the stage
1: welcome to pickens county a little bit about this county just calm down for a second (laughs) i think you'll like this Uh,
0: it gets worse i'm telling you you just gotta you you gotta go listen to this thing uh i I I don't know where you go. I know, I know Lindsey Graham is pretty funny at times, but I don't know how you can spin this one, Megan. I mean, you, you, you've been a political official. Have you ever been booed?
5: No. You haven't. That's one thing that has not happened to me. All right.
0: (laughs) What would you do if somebody was over there booing you?
5: I think it depends on the situation.
0: (laughs) You wouldn't, you wouldn't take a punch at them.
5: (laughs) No, <laughs> you have to be composed in I, these situations. I know.
0: I'm picking. I'm picking. I know, you, I know you'd be composed. <laughs> like I said, Lindsey tried to but this wasn't just a couple of people. This was probably the majority of the crowd booing him wow. at this event. And again, I can't stress, I wouldn't be playing this if this weren't in his home county, for God's sakes, in his home That's state, kind of, of, which of which he's the U.S. Senator. And the reason he's, they don't like him, you, you could hear a couple yeah. of people yelling out the word traitor yeah. toward him. And he, at least he's not a traitor to Trump right this second, but knowing Lindsey Graham, he'll switch to go pull for maybe even his fellow South Carolina senator, Tim Scott, who's running right now. Uh, (laughs) Ah, pretty wild. After Lindsey got off the stage, the governor of South Carolina got up on stage. He is Henry McMaster, and let's just say his reception was a lot different than Lindsey Graham, primarily because Governor McMaster, who, Megan, I like my Southern accent, I really do, but I'm envious. I'd like to have... Henry McMaster, southern drawl. Boy, he's got a good voice. Here is the governor of South Carolina bringing some humor, thank God, to the tens of thousands of people that were there in that very hot Saturday afternoon setting in Pickens, South Carolina. Governor Henry McMaster of the eighth state in our union, the state of South Carolina.
7: Y'all, I thank you for coming. I thank you for staying. I'll take only a few minutes. I know it's hot. But I do want to say that we all appreciate and I know that Donald Trump appreciates you being here. I'll try to be short. There are some things I want, do want to say to you. Um, I have our, our number one. I know everybody loves Donald Trump. By the way, those I see the cameras back there. If this is showing overseas somewhere, ladies and gentlemen, overseas, you're looking at America right now. Welcome. Welcome to America. And we're coming back. Listen, quick story. Seven years ago, seven years ago, I was on the way to the Republican National Convention in Cleveland. Where's Peggy? Where's First Lady Peggy? I'm going to tell a story about you. Come on up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your First Lady, Peggy McMaster from Sputtenberg. She's my favorite wife, no doubt about it. 43 years, 45 years. Come on, right there. I was on the way to Cleveland. Uh, I was in Cleveland for the Republican National Convention seven years ago, and I called Peggy and said, Peggy, did you ever in your wildest dream see your husband, Henry, at the Republican National Convention to nominate Donald Trump for president? In your wildest dream. She said, boy, I hate to tell you, i never seen you in any of my wildest dreams. And that from Saturday, where Governor
0: Henry McMaster was up on stage helping introduce Donald Trump. He is firmly in President Trump's camp in this 2024 re-election bid that Trump's got going on. And I love that short clip from Governor McMaster, who took over as governor after Nikki Haley resigned to go be the U.N. secretary. And Governor McMaster just recently won re-election, so I guess he's now going to end up being a governor for about 10 years as he's won his re-election, and he won't be able to be re-elected again. So done a good job. A lot of people like him. And if you heard that clip there, I love his humor there. As he, uh, I love the fact that he credited his wife for all the 43 years and then quickly corrected it to 45 years. I, that, that was brilliant. I love that and then talking about his wildest dreams and, and, and her and just fun stuff there and a great uh, fun setting from Saturday's Trump event in Pickens, South Carolina. And that wraps up, finally, the promised promotion of this event, as I've been telling people all day. And then, again, my pet peeve is myself <laughs> because I forgot. So, Megan, let's dive yeah. into what we were supposed to be talking about in this segment, and that is our pet peeves. And pet. you've got a list. In addition to me, what are some of your other pet peeves? <laughs>
5: Oh, you're not a pet peeve, John. (laughs) But I did look up some um, of the more popular ones, and I also included some of my own, which I'll tell you those ones as we go. But uh, one of the top pet peeves that people have are people who are not on time if they're late. And I don't know about you, John, but me personally, I try to arrive anywhere between 15 to 20 minutes early. To me, that's on time. On time is late, and late you might as well not even show up.
0: So Late meaning If you're supposed to be there at eight and you're at eight Oh one.
5: Right. Yeah. Or to me, I think being there at eight is late.
0: (laughs) So you're trying to tell me in a nice way. You hate me. Is that what you're trying to say?
5: No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to explain to you why I show up like 15 minutes early for my eight o'clock segment. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I, I, I I fully get it. And I, I'm not going to win an award for being punctual and I, I should know better. I mean, I, I know I'm usually usually at best I'm on time, at worst I'm about five minutes late. Uh, yeah, don't look at sure. your, don't don't look at your watch now because <laughs> I'm I'm sure I might have been a little bit tardy the last time we got together. But uh, <laughs> but I understand the importance of it because if if I think it, I think when you're late it's just a symbol of being selfish. I do, and I'm sure there's
5: a reverse side to it. I'm sure there's people out there with the pet peeve of people who show up 15 minutes early. So
0: <laughs> I well, don't know. The one thing I've noticed in a lot of the professional sports leagues is you hear coaches talk about, and and players even talk about it, they show up early. I mean, in the NFL, for example, if you're not at meetings in a lot of these franchises, 15 minutes early, if you're not there, you you get yeah. in trouble. And that, you know, in, in a competitive thing like professional football, you, you, want to make sure that the organization knows how committed you are to what they're doing. And for God's sakes, if you show up late, that's an embarrassment to the franchise. They're like, this guy doesn't care enough about us to where he didn't get here early. And so, yeah, I think it shows you must have that same attitude about life. You're rocking life, Megan. I
5: don't know about that. I wouldn't say I'm thriving, (laughs) But, but moving on. I
0: think you should make it in the NFL if nothing else.
5: Oh, no, I can't throw worth a darn.
0: You can be a receiver. <laughs> I, can't, I can't catch
5: either. <laughs> oh, It'll be a fun laugh. Uh, the other one, and this one, this next pet peeve is actually my brother's biggest pet peeve. It's mouth noises or smacking your mouth while you're eating. Does that annoy you, John?
0: Uh, give me an example.
5: Like if someone's eating and they're like smacking their mouth like as they're eating. like
0: Smacking. Okay, because I, yep. I, I have a confession that I don't think I'm that guilty of, but I know I have been in the past. I have been known, Megan. Maybe we need to have a <laughs> meal and you can you can review my food eating. I have been <laughs> known in past terms, at least, to make noises while I eat. Okay. Like, hmm, mm, yeah, things like that. And I know I'm not the only person that does that. No. I, I don't think I do it now, but uh, I've been called out on it. In the past,
5: yeah. This next one, I'm sorry if this one annoys you, John, because I know I do this quite a bit. Uh,
0: uh, and, and going back to what I just said, Megan, I'm yeah. sorry. I think what I did in the past is worse than the smacking. Saying that, mm. just making noises when you eat, like you know, almost oh. like I'm having a conversation with my food. That's pretty weird.
5: Uh, I don't know. I sometimes I hum when I eat.
0: Yeah. Okay, why <laughs> did you tell us that? You hum? Well, like
5: if it's really good, like I love to eat, so I'll okay. just kind like, <laughs> of like one of my coworkers. Maybe that's call, what I'm. Maybe
0: that's what I'm doing is humming, but I really think I make some yeah. other <laughs> it's things we do that we don't even realize we're doing it.
5: Right. It's not even all the time. It's just every once in a blue moon. And my coworker called me out on it one time. I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> but no, this next one—if this one annoys you, John, I'm sorry. I need to apologize. But cracking your knuckles. I think every time I come in there, I crack my knuckles at least once or twice.
0: You know what? I've never even noticed.
5: Oh, perfect. I'm going to keep doing it then until I'll, it annoys.
0: Now, now I'll notice it. <laughs> now you'll pick up. Now, them. why do you do that?
5: I don't know. I just feel like they need to crack. So I just pop them real quick.
0: Is there not something else you can do? Like maybe scratch your nose or
5: or, or, <laughs> I guess or,
0: no. or comb your hair or something? I don't know. There's not something else no. you can do? I mean, that no, seems, some- seems kind of painful.
5: No, it's not. It feels good. Like sometimes you just feel like your knuckles need to pop a little bit.
0: <laughs> okay. All
5: right. Uh, this one, I think annoys quite a few people. I know I see this in the gym a lot. People who talk loudly while they're on the phone, like in a public place, at least put it on speakerphone so we can all participate in the conversation, not just hear one side.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been around enough of each other. We've been around each other enough. I think do, do I talk loud?
5: No, I would say you talk on a normal level.
0: Okay. But do you know people that talk louder than they probably should?
5: Yes. And I will admit sometimes it does drive me a little nuts. Not
0: just when they're on the phone, they just talk loud. No,
5: they just talk loud like there's people that'll come in and they just it's almost like they're yelling and they're having a normal conversation, but the in, whole gym can
0: in their defense, it's hard to purposely lower your octave. That's true. Like that's true. Like let's say I want to talk to you at a certain octave. I did this one time. I have actually probably ruined a friendship with some guy. (laughs) I went into his house. We we were going to go ride off somewhere, and his house was unlocked. And I think he often left it unlocked, to be honest with you. And he he had a wife and a couple of kids and all that, but it was the day that I was going to show up on maybe a Sunday or something. I go in the house, and he's sitting there in his lazy boy asleep. And I thought it would be funny to try to wake him up. Uh-huh. And so I I said something like, you know, wake up. But I really yelled it louder than I should have. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. This guy never liked me again after that. And and I apologize. I mean, instead of yelling at like seven, I yelled at like nine. And it, it was louder than it should have been. And I apologize. But uh, this guy, it really it really bothered him. Of course, maybe it was just me waking him up. But he shouldn't have been been asleep. We were going (laughs) to go off somewhere, in my defense. Okay. (laughs) I won't try to yell. Uh, I I will try to not yell at you anymore, Megan.
5: Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, People who don't take responsibility or initiative, like if something needs to be done or taken care of. That's two two
0: different things. Let's break them down, Megan. Come on now.
5: People people
0: who don't take responsibility. So give me some examples.
5: I don't know, just people not owning up to like mistakes or things. They try to place the blame elsewhere and not just say, you know what? Yes, I did. it. I'm sorry. You know?
0: Well, Megan, I mean, I don't really make mistakes. I, I, I'm very honest with you. You know, once I thought I was mistaken. Yeah. Or, or once I thought I made a mistake, but, but I was mistaken. So, <laughs> but uh, no, that's an important thing. Look, nobody's perfect. And so nope. when you make a mistake, As Megan just said, own up to it and let's not try to lie about it or pretend people don't know about it. Just, just deal with it.
5: Yeah. It makes it even worse if you try to not acknowledge it.
0: And then what was the other part?
5: Oh, the taking initiative. Like if something needs to be done or you see a job that needs to be done and having that, Oh, that's not my job mentality. That drives people nuts. There's a
0: lot of that going around and look, sometimes you just got to get off your tookus and and do it because I know it sucks. I've been a a business owner a long time and you you pay people to do stuff a lot of times. And it's just easier. Even if you're paying them, it's sometimes just easier to freaking do it yourself. Or or maybe I should just have other people. Um, But (laughs) but I tell you, it's just pathetic how people just don't take, as you just said, the initiative, whether it's in business or in their, personal life or or anything i'm tired of people i got a friend of mine who complains about politics all the time He he's not happy you know mm-hmm. what at the same time he brags about he's he's never voted he's never voted
5: well he's part of the problem I sorry know. to your friend
0: no no i agree <laughs> and i mean i think it's just stupid stupid but guess what most people don't vote they don't yeah. vote So he's part of the the norm, but it's just pathetic. But he did not, he's not taking the initiative to vote. He thinks that his vote won't matter. And I think, I think it does matter.
5: Absolutely. This one, this next one is one of my pet peeves. Uh, When you hold the door open for someone and they don't say thank you. Yeah. That drives me nuts. And sometimes I will admit if it's on a bad day, if, I do that and they don't say, thank you. I will say, well, you're welcome. Cause it's not like they're going to open the door back up for themselves and come after okay, me. Good,
0: so good for you. Now, let me ask you this. You are, you are my complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Megan, you're a woman. <laughs> yeah. So, so would you hold the door open for me?
5: I, oh, okay. This is going to sound really bad, but here I would hold the door open for you And if you said, No, it's okay, I got it. You know, you go ahead, I'll insist that you go through because you offered to be a gentleman and hold it for me. But if I held the door open for you and you didn't say thank you, like that ticks me off a little bit more because we just live in a society where like men aren't men anymore. I don't
0: know. Mm. Now we're getting into the heavy stuff.
5: Yeah, we are. No, I would I would I would hold the door open for you at least say thank you or offer to be like, nope, you go ahead.
0: You do bring up a good point. I know this is not necessarily pet peeve talk here, but I've recently be, recently discovered a relationship blogger. <laughs> That's pretty pathetic when I'm admitting this on worldwide <laughs> radio um, and podcasts. But uh, it's pretty interesting. And, and this person has a whole series of blogs where – They are a woman giving guys tips. And this stuff is stuff I've never heard of because just like you, I'm opposite of you. I'm not a woman. I don't know how women think. And so this this woman has multiple times brought out things like women want men to take the lead. They want them to be men. Is, is, Is she right on
5: that? No, she is right. The problem is though, is that we live in this society where it's like all about feminism and women. And so they've like diminished masculinity and told men basically shut up and be quiet. Let us take the lead. And now they're complaining that they created a mess and now men aren't acting like men anymore. Like, what do you expect?
0: Yeah. One of the crazy things that was on her thing, I'll get your opinion on. And I even tried this the other day when I was sitting in a restaurant across from someone, um, She says that a guy should sit there when they're talking or or starting the conversation to spread out, you know, to like make yourself like like you own it. Like, you know, put your arm on the on the side of the chair and just like get real comfortable. And and just again, you're kind of like giving off the aura that I'm here and I freaking I'm a man. Hear me roar. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) It wasn't quite like that, but I tried it. Nothing happened, by the way, but uh, it's, it's just a bit, it might have been because I was in Subway, um, but but uh, it was just an interesting concept that that she said and another big thing and I'm gonna shut up trying to uh, talk about this stuff, but the big thing that keeps showing up also with this uh, this this relationship person is eye contact. Yeah, well, not not just in flirting, but probably eye contact is something we don't ever talk about. But it's an important thing, not just when you're trying to meet someone, but just in business or anything. It's it's almost rude to have a conversation and you're not even looking at people in the eye. So, Megan, you better be looking at me right now.
5: (laughs) No, you're so right. It's so important. Eye contact is so important. People are afraid to make eye contact. And it just shows that to me what it conveys to me, if you're not making eye contact with me when you're talking to me, it doesn't have to be like crazy staring, but you're You're not confident, you might be lying, you know you're you're insecure, so it's so important to have good eye contact and even a firm handshake to go along with that yeah, so that's
0: too, and by the way, the relationship uh inspiration person says about three seconds on the eye contact
5: three, yeah three,
0: and three, three second intervals, yep,
5: yeah, break it up a little bit so you don't it get too lying. weird, yeah, Because then <laughs> it's a stare problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I, so. these are things again guys don't typically i don't know how much you know about guys but we generally don't do what i just did and watch this kind of crazy stuff and and you know i didn't grow up with a in a house full of women so i don't i don't really know how the, the w- women of the world act but even if they did act that way one day man times have changed and have. And, and guys have gotten and rightfully so we're we're gun shy megan we're, we're gun yeah. shy because we get you when you try to maybe meet a, a person out there, not only do you have the fear of being rejected, which is probably most likely gonna happen. But yeah. you, but you also have the fear of not only being rejected, but then putting you into some kind of category of being a serial killer. Yeah. Because that's yeah, what's happened that- in, in society. We we often have guys let's let's be honest, there's guys who've made us look bad, but sometimes guys just get labeled things that aren't necessarily true, but how are you going to fight them? It's their word well, versus your word.
5: Right. Well, a good quality woman still wants a man who's going to hold open the door for her and take the initiative on things. Um, I think there was an article, a study that came out. We're getting way off topic, but this, no, no, um, that's fine. this, this liberal woman, I guess, made a comment saying that it's really hard to find a masculine man. They all seem to be conservatives. Well, no, duh. <laughs> It's it's crazy out there.
0: Are you trying to tell me that I'm conservative?
5: <laughs> I would hope so. I mean, we talk about some really conservative things. So I, I will
0: come out today on the Y'all Show. I'll publicly come out and announce that, y'all, I am a proud conservative. Okay, anything Pardon. else pet peeve-wise you got?
5: Uh, last one, uh, and this is kind of one of mine, too. I agree with this one. People who don't use their blinkers when turning. Have you ever been behind someone and they don't use their mirror, or you're trying to cross the road and if they had let you know that they were going to turn right, right, you could have been walking.
0: You know what? I grew up following the rules and I, I was a perfect driver. And it wasn't until I moved to Tennessee that I first discovered that people just don't care about turn signals. No. <laughs> and, and and I'm not saying Tennessee is the only state I've lived in other no. Southern states, but it seems in Tennessee more than other states that I've lived in, that signals just don't matter. And guess what? I've become a Tennessean, I guess, because I don't use turn signals a lot of the time.
4: Oh.
5: <laughs> especially no,
0: especially when I'm just changing lanes. I, I really never use turn signals when I'm just i am do if
5: there's a right there, like, you know, right behind me I will. But if there's no one around, I'll just come over.
0: Ah, uh, see there, you're a Tennessean, for God's sakes.
5: Well, I know if there's like no one around on the highway and it's late at night, I'll just go over. But if there's people around, I'll use my turn signals. That way they know what I'm doing. Yeah. Because sometimes I don't know.
0: (laughs) Well, I I don't, I mean, I'm, I understand the purpose of, of using them so much. I still don't know the right answer. So you're driving down the highway and Uh the person in front of you is stopped and making a turn. I'm right behind them. Am I supposed to also cut on my
5: turn signal? I don't know what I do. Because this is what makes sense to me. If I'm, if they're turning, let's say they're turning left yeah. and like a passing lane, I will turn on my turn signal. That way the car behind me doesn't think I'm slowing down, tries to go around me because then you end up in a crash because so the car turning left is going to hit them.
0: I think you're right and I'm wrong. I don't know. This way I've been rolling for a couple of decades. I'm going to keep rolling, but it makes sense why you'd cut your blinker on. I just, I don't do it. But
5: look. yeah, I'll do it if they're turning left or if there's a car like right on my tail. Then I'll let them know that the person in front of me is turning. But for the most part, yeah, just if they're making a left turn.
0: You know, maybe we should go back and have on this show a, a, a remedial class on how to drive safely.
5: <laughs> maybe we should. You know, we probably could because me being a woman, you know, women are terrible drivers. No, I, did
0: so. I did not <laughs> no, say I that. did not. No, I
5: did. It's okay. You're fine. I no, said it.
0: Uh, men aren't I much say- better. <laughs> but but, but uh, yeah men are not much better and uh but we love our women drivers for all of you out there driving that are females thank you <laughs> thank you for being you All right well those are some pet peeves if y'all got pet peeves that you want us to share we'll be happy to bring that up anytime uh, just feel free to reach out to us while you're not driving of course 615-208-4184 is our text line 615-208-4184 that was a fun segment Megan Yes thank you for bringing that up now don't, uh, don't try to outdo me on the highways with your little turn signal stuff going on.
4: <laughs> All right, oh, we're
0: going to wrap this hour up after this quick break with a quick update on Southern sports. That and a quick look at our Wednesday broadcast, as we will not be on the air on the 4th of July. All that is right ahead on y'all. We want to hear you here at Supertalk 93.1 on shows like The Y'all Show, The Patriot Pastor, and The Frankie Lack Show. We've got a text line that you can text us and participate in the program. That number is 731-410-7560. And the Supertalk 93.1 text line is powered by See Me Tree Service. They are a West Tennessee-based company, and they will help you with any of your tree removal problems, tree trimming, tree elevation, pruning, tree topping, stump grinding, and more. They're a small family-owned business that's licensed and insured, and you can call See Me Tree Service for a free estimate. Call them at 731-617-2236. See Me Tree Service. For all of your tree removal or tree issues going on, give them a call for that free estimate, 731 617 2236. See me tree service. Powering the Super Talk 93.1 text line. Yes, it is the Fourth of July across America. Welcome back. We are the Y'all Show, that the John Phillips Sousa song and Stars and Stripes Forever. Probably the fight song, if I would have to guess, for America. Love that song, especially when they play it on the Fourth of July evening in Washington, D.C. and all those fireworks go off. We're wrapping up this firework-filled Fourth of July prequel, The Y'all Show on a Monday. And John and Megan here with you. A quick update on Southern Sports. Taylor Gooch, congratulations to the Oklahoma State alum. He won four million dollars on the Live Tour. It's his third victory on that tour this year. Taylor Gooch has won over $13 million now, just this year alone on the Live Tour. That's about what you make a year, huh? 13 mil?
5: No, uh, I wish.
0: <laughs> okay. uh, maybe next year. So maybe. congratulations to that Oklahoma State alum. Elsewhere, we want to congratulate the Birmingham Stallions of the USFL. They won their championship. Skip Holtz coaches that team. It's the second year in a row the Stallions have captured the USFL title. And on the 4th of July, it is a day filled of red, white, and blue. And what's better to go along with that than a little Major League Baseball? And we got some awesome games taking place on the 4th of July. And it starts early. You can tune in and see the Red Hot Reds of Cincinnati in our nation's capital, as they've got a 10 5 game in the morning time, it's Reds and Nationals. Also, you've got early on the 4th of July, the Yankees hosting the Baltimore Orioles. Early afternoon games include the Miami Marlins hosting the St. Louis Cardinals, and Boston's got the Rangers coming in to Fenway. Minnesota and Kansas City get together, Brewers and Cubs. Houston's got Colorado coming into H-Town. Arizona hosts the Mets. Tampa Bay's got the Phillies. San Fran and Seattle get together on the left coast. Detroit hosts the Oakland A's. The Padres and Angels of Los Angeles get together in San Diego. Atlanta's got an interleague battle against the Cleveland Guardians. The Blue Jays are at Chicago in prime time. And the Pittsburgh Pirates visit the L.A. Dodgers. These are your 4th of July games in Major League Baseball. Megan, have a happy 4th. We'll be back Wednesday with you talking more fun and a Southern Business Spotlight. Happy 4th to you, Megan.
5: Happy 4th to you.
0: And happy 4th to all y'all.
5: Woo! Let's get crazy!
6: In movies, when someone at a party jumps into a pool fully dressed, everyone cheers them on and jumps in, too. Just so you know, in real-life parties, nobody jumps in after you. You just look stupid. Come on, jump in!